Welcome to Engage Arizona. Our friends at Texas Values played a lead role in getting that state's heartbeat bill passed. They worked with legislators on a unique approach that made their law stand out among the other heartbeat bill laws, still held up in the courts. Kathy Harrod talked with her counterpart at Texas Values about how this legislation has paved the way for other states to craft similar laws and save lives throughout the country. Here now is Kathy Harrod with Jonathan Sains. Well, welcome to today's edition of Engage Arizona, Center for Arizona Policy's podcast. I'm blessed and excited to have with me today, Jonathan Sains. Jonathan is my Texas colleague. He's president of Texas Values. He's also an attorney. Um, He leads the Family Policy Council in Texas, which means he does in Texas what we do in Arizona. And of course, I also have to mention that Jonathan also is a fellow Texas Longhorn. So you know what game we will be watching over the next few weekends and paying attention. But as I wrote on Facebook, God bless Texas and Jonathan and all those in Texas who came up with this novel approach to heartbeat laws, the laws that limit abortion after the heartbeat of the unborn baby is detectable. This Wednesday evening, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled five to four that the Texas heartbeat law could go into effect. It is truly a historic moment. Usually these pro-life laws are stopped by the courts pending a ruling on constitutionality. Um, Jonathan's quote, um, what he said, what he wrote yesterday was babies and mothers will be spared from an abortion in Texas when a baby's heartbeat is detected. It's the strongest pro-life law in the nation. I keep saying thanks be to God. It's the first heartbeat law ever to go into effect. And so, Jonathan, um, you've had a, a big role in Texas passing this law. Let's start off. Well, thank you and bless you. But let's start off with what's the difference with the Texas heartbeat law? Why has Texas law gone into effect and not all the other heartbeat laws passed by states? Well, Kathy, it's good to be with you and from a, uh, a fellow Texan, if you will. And just to start off, I mean, today, the past couple of days, they've been historic for law and life. As you stated, the Texas heartbeat law is the first ever law of its type to go into effect. And the Supreme Court did rule late last night. I mean, the the fact that they didn't rule earlier in the day meant that the state law went into effect because September 1 was the date that most state laws go into effect. And so that was historic. But then we got a ruling from the Supreme Court where they denied a request to block the Texas heartbeat law by the abortion groups. And the Supreme Court got it right. In that decision, uh, so we were very grateful for that and, and don't want to you know, skip forward from that, right? The Supreme Court got it right by not blocking the Texas heartbeat law, which is the first ever law of its type to go into effect. You're starting to see a lot of discussion, and this is part could be part of the reason why the Supreme Court made their decision or we're now to a date, and, and really day two of the Texas heartbeat law being into effect, is because you have a different mechanism in place. When you have a constitutional challenge or an argument about something being constitutional, that usually requires the government to be involved in enforcing a law that you're saying infringes on your right. In this case, I don't agree with this, but the so-called right to an abortion, that's usually what's in play when you've got challenges to state laws that relate to issues of life. And, And the abortion groups will say, this infringes upon my or someone's right to constitutional right to an abortion. The government's enforcing this. If that is not the case, and that's not the case with Texas, it's a civil enforcement mechanism. Anyone in the state of Texas, with one exception, a rapist, if a woman rapes a woman and she gets pregnant, the rapist cannot try to enforce this law against the abortionist. But anyone else, that uh, any abortion doctor that performs an abortion 
anybody can go into civil court uh, and hold them accountable for taking the life of a baby where a heartbeat is detected. And that is significant. And, and just for a second, Kathy, and we might play this out a little bit. I don't know how much time we have, um, you know, as fellow lawyers, but I don't think a lot of people think about this that often, but a lot of laws that relate to life issues, they never make it to their effective date. Um, there's a court challenge that stops them or a ruling that stops them. And even sometimes it's really years later that the law goes into effect. And that's a good thing too. But we're at a point yesterday with an effective date where on day one, and that's true for all the heartbeat laws, none of the other heartbeat laws have ever gone into effect. And, and some of them are still being litigated. That's historic in and of itself. And, and I think that's one reason why you're seeing a lot of attention around that. And, and to for some degree from the abortion side, shock that, uh, you know, from the beginning, the heartbeat law of any of these, it's one of the strongest, if not the strongest, made it to its effective date. So one way to explain for our listeners, for example, Arizona passed a law prohibiting abortions because of genetic conditions like Down syndrome. That law was scheduled to go into effect on September 29th. It is scheduled to go into effect in Arizona on September 29th. Well, Planned Parenthood and the ACLU have already filed the legal challenge challenging its constitutionality. They filed that lawsuit against the Arizona Attorney General and the county attorneys uh, because they're the ones in challenge, they're the ones under the law that have to enforce that law. So we're waiting on a judge's ruling before the effective date on whether it goes into effect or whether it goes through, yes, potentially years of court hearings. So the difference in Texas, there's no one to sue. You, I mean, you don't have the, the state is not, is not charged in the law with enforcing the law. So Joe Smith in Texas can go, if he finds out that an abortion, let me make sure I'm understanding this and saying it right, Jonathan. Um, and Joe Smith finds out that an abortion provider did an abortion of a baby at 10 weeks or 12 weeks after the heartbeat is clearly detectable. Joe Smith sues that abortion provider to say that he just broke the law and there's a $10,000 penalty. That's how the law is enforced. It's enforced by private citizens, not by the state or any law enforcement agency or attorney general or anything like that. So that is a very different approach. And that's what the Supreme Court recognized. Yeah, look, the, you're right. The Supreme Court recognized that in their decision yesterday or late last night, the significance of that. And, you know, look, the court indicated that these issues might be revisited again, or they might go into a, a deeper analysis. You know, you have to imagine or expect the pro-abortion side, they're going to continue to try to find a way to get back into court and stay in court on some of these issues. But it's legally relevant. It, it matters to the outcome. And, you know, there's been some made of that, right? Uh, so, yes, to answer your question, Joe Smith, whatever the person's name is, can go into court, uh, a, a member of the public. And this is not a new concept, right? You think about how do we collectively protect people or protect what we care about in our society? Citizens have always had a role, um, and, and this is no different. And so, but I do think uh, it's, and it's not entirely new. There's a Louisiana law, and this was in a, a federal court case called Oak Pahlobi, uh, several years ago, a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals case um, that were a Louisiana law that dealt with the life issue, not a heartbeat law, uh, used this mechanism. It was upheld in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and that was talked about in a lot of legislative testimony as far as precedent on these issues. Uh, but certainly this one is getting a lot more attention than that case did or that law, and uh, and we'll probably see more of it made of it. And so, But that should be uh, something that citizens see okay, so I can play a role or I matter in these type of situations and I can be a part of holding uh, someone accountable because 
you know, we all care about life. And just because it might not be someone that's a part of our family or a friend, it allows us to be in a position to say, this is what we believe in collectively as a state, and we can have a role in it. I've used the example a few times. If we saw a baby in the backseat of a car with the windows rolled up in, in, in the summer in Texas, where it can be over 100 degrees and even higher than that um, inside of a vehicle, we know that citizens would do something. They would report it. Uh, and so I think this is sort of no different than that. When we see a baby, a child in distress, or their life is being threatened, or their life has already take, been taken, that the citizens are able to uh, to have a role in doing something about it. Well, and I, I it's it's such a, it is a different approach. And we should, we need to make sure we're careful to say, the court was careful to say they were not ruling on constitutionality. And that's right. what's going to be very interesting to watch over the next few months. We know that the U.S. Supreme Court already granted review to the Dobbs case out of Mississippi that it limits abortions after 15 weeks. So I look at it, we have now three different approaches to try to address Roe and Casey and save babies' lives and save their mothers from the heartbreak of abortion. We've got the limit on abortions after 15 weeks by next June, we'll know what the U.S. Supreme Court's going to do on this, on that. We know they've let the Texas heartbeat new approach go into effect. Then we've got these what's called these discrimination laws like ours that you can't discriminate against the unborn child because they have Down syndrome or trisomy 18 or whatever the genetic condition might be. We know um, courts have already upheld um, prohibitions on abortions because of Down syndrome. So we've got so much going on in the courts. It's such a hopeful time. Now, one question, I don't want to get into legal weeds too much, but did the District Court and Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, I mean, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, did I hear right, they canceled a hearing this week? I mean, the lower courts really didn't touch this, the Texas heartbeat law, did they? Yeah, well, look, I mean, you had um, you had several state court cases and really one main federal court case, because what you had is a state court case that came along later where a lawyer or two tried to say, you know, we shouldn't be, we could be threatened by this law because we're going to talk with clients that are abortion-minded and you know, it was really just, uh, you know, I don't think there was any merit to the argument, um, but that was the state court case. There was a ruling in that case, but it didn't have any impact on whether the law would go into effect or whether or not it was constitutional. And even the parties agreed. The pro-lifer said, we're not looking to sue these lawyers anyway. So this case is moot. They, I think that was put in forth in an affidavit. Then you've, so, so that case really has no relevance to, to um, the effectiveness of the law and it being enforced or being constitutional, if you will. But in the federal court case, um, that had been going on for a little bit more time. And what happened was there was a motion to dismiss that motion to, um, from the pro, pro-life side, if you will. And the court denied that. Well, they have the ability to appeal. So they went up on appeal. Well, when the case goes up on appeal, now the trial court has no authority over that case. The appellate court um, uh, decided on this situation that they weren't, you know, they didn't need to do anything to strike down the Texas law. And they did not see any need to do something so immediate that there wasn't um, the, the evidence there necessary. And so there was there was supposed to be a trial court hearing uh, on Monday of this week. And they said, well, you know, th- there's no necess- um, necessity for that. So that caused that that hearing to be canceled, where where the expectation was that federal court judge at the trial court level um, might have had an opportunity to try to stop the Texas heartbeat law from going into effect. I'm, I'm really getting into legal weeds now, right? But then that was that was what went up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court said, we're not going to do anything different either, right? And so you could still see some activity. 
That doesn't mean we won't see any activity legally uh, moving forward or efforts. Uh, but now this is often this is a position we're often not in, Kathy, where our law is into effect while the other side is trying to find a way to stop it. We're usually in a position where the pro-life law never went into effect and we're hoping someday it will as we go through the court process. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're on the opposite side and that means every day. And the potential is every day you could see up to 150 lives being saved. You know, if you do the math, so to speak, spread out over a year, because there are about 55,000 abortions every day in the state of Texas and a overwhelming majority of them happen uh, after six weeks. Um, that's, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, you think about that daily, starting yesterday and today, lives being saved as the law is now on day two of being into effect. It's amazing. And I, I think it's certainly a matter of prayer for what happens next in the courts and what, for what the pro-abortion industry may try to pull. I also, this morning was, you know, just kept thinking, it's such a matter to pray for those six Supreme Court justices. And I want to, this is also where for people to remember elections matter and elections have consequences. And we got this decision on the Texas law because we had justices um, Alito, Gorsuch, Thomas, Kavanaugh, and Barrett uh, and Amy Barrett, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. That's how we got this decision. When I left out, you know, those are the five. Justice Roberts was clear to say he just wanted briefing on it. We don't know what he'll do on a key abortion case like this. But to think of those five justices who did the right thing, and we know we've had so often where courts have not done the right thing on life issues. So it's a matter to pray for the safety and protection of those five justices and that as they continue on, and certainly that um, any novel or creative approaches that the pro-abortion industry comes up with to try to challenge this, that they um, swiftly swiftly lose in court again. Um, any closing thoughts? I mean, well, let me just mention for our listeners, uh, rest assured that we will be looking closely and following what happens um, on the next steps with with um, the heartbeat law in Texas, uh, we have not pursued Texas. Uh, we've not pursued heartbeat laws in Arizona for a variety of reasons, largely because of some of the constitutional issues and what we've seen in other courts. But now we have a roadmap that other courts would need to follow because the Supreme Court has said that this law can go into effect. So yeah, we'll that's significant. Looking at it, no, it's absolutely significant. And I want to give people a resource: TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. There's a website we have set up and we've got a one page document. It answers a lot of the questions people may have. It gives some analysis. And certainly, you know, for the lawyers out there that want to go read the law and the court cases, we welcome that as well. But we wanted to kind of bring something together on a one pager, TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. And, and anyone that wants more information about this, we're available. We'd love to do anything that we could help. Uh, there's still work to do on this issue. Now it's about making sure people know how to enforce it. Those babies continue to be saved. But I want to say one last thing, um, Kathy, before uh, before I get emotional, too. Look, many of us have been involved in these efforts to save lives uh, for as long as we can remember, or maybe it's shorter time. What I want people to know is, is the reason that we're here at a day like today is not the past months, the past year, whatever. I think this is an opportunity for anyone that cares about issues of life. And, did, and is, is this something unique? that is having effectiveness, um, that, that's new? Yes. Um, and, and I hope other people look at it and see value in, in what is being done in Texas on this law. But what I mainly want to say is that anyone that's been involved in the pro-life movement had a role in getting to a day like yesterday and today of a major pro-life law going into effect. 
and seeing something positive done with it. So I just want everyone to know that this is an opportunity for everyone to kind of take a moment to be grateful, but to, to realize and recognize this is what a movement is like. We all together had a role, not just Texas, and being in a moment like this today. And I want to say thank you to everyone that's had a role in one way or another to get to a day like today. And we're looking for, forward to more days like this to come where babies are safe. Amen. So well said. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for leader, your leadership and what you what's going on in Texas. We're watching. We're grateful. We're praying and we're rejoicing with you. So bless you um, in the days ahead. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you for listening to Engage Arizona Public Policy for Daily Life. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe, rate and give a review on any podcast platform you use. For more information, visit azpolicy.org.